It's time for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our views. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode number 217, recorded on Sunday, October 7th, 2012. The best show ever. Hey there. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the podcast where we discuss the top geek and gaming news of the week. And uh, we got a great show for you guys. We really, really do. My name is Chase Nunes. I help orchestrate uh, this chaotic cast of characters. Starting us off first, fresh from his trek in the mountains of the North Cascades. Here he is, Mr. John Kessler. John, John, bring the microphone oh, over. Oh, hi, folks. Hey, John. Yes, how? I mean, literally, you just... Jumped off the mountain. Yep, just jumped off the mountain. And walked into my house. Yep, big step. And how was your day today? Great. That's awesome. A lot of driving. That's it? Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> drove up a mountain, drove back down. You're missing your quote, people are going to be pissed. Oh, yes. Well, no, you know, it, 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 I'm doing just ducky. All right, very there good. There you go. All right. I know. Now, we got no Joseph Falby this week, but don't don't you fear. We have not one, but two very awesome guests to fill his spot first off joining us for the second consecutive week from way back east where it's now dark and almost 10 in the evening coming live from the bathroom here he is mr john bub what's up john how are you detroit don't you know not to mess with me hey that's right if i have a shower current i'm from detroit yo you you have a good baseball team (laughs) that's right justin verlander very good pitcher are you a baseball fan at all, John? No. All right, there you go. I could care less. I mentioned a name. You're probably like, who's that guy? <laughs> I have no idea who that guy is. Detroit has sports teams? Yeah, they even have a football team and hockey as well. Oh, wow. And and basketball. <laughs> Don't forget them. All right. This is great. Yes. Introductions are going very, very, very smooth. And now... <laughs> for someone completely different. Uh, joining us... From all the way down the street, here he, here he is, the head proprietor of Jupiter Broadcasting. Here he is, Mr. Chris, my good friend, Hello there, Chase. Hello there, Chase. I am reporting on location just down the street. Uh, I can confirm that everything is just fine down here, and uh, just we can continue on. Very good. Jupiter Broadcasting. Right, are you reporting from uh, the uh, vice, presidential, vice presidential debate? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> Chris I would swear that was where you were at. Chris would so be there if he could, though. Uh, not about the vice president. Maybe the presidential. I mean, you could probably get those tickets dirt cheap, man. I mean, yeah, dirt yeah. cheap. Maybe you might be right, Chase. I'm, I'm serious. Right. Where, where is where is that even being held? Does anybody know? I don't even know. Um, no, no, no. It's either. actually uh, it's Top it's secret. just like the moon landing. The same place they stage that at. That's where they're holding the debates. It's because they already have all the cameras set up and everything. Mm. 
Chris does a multitude of shows over there at Jupiter Broadcasting. I think uh, Chris does at least 27 different shows, um, all in great taste and awesome fun. Well, thank you, Chase. Of course, you do one of those shows with me, The Unfiltered Show. That's right, which is a great show coming up on episode number 21. Can you believe that? Almost old enough to drink, which is awesome. And uh, the Linux Action Show, the world's largest, longest-running Linux podcast. That's right. That's on there. That's we until that. that's until Leo Laporte starts one, and then we're screwed, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. But I still, but I still have TechSnap and Sybite and Fosho to fall back. That's on. right. So I, I diversified. I, I, you know what? I, I just realized like three weeks ago, Chris, and I, and this is honest to goodness truth, that you know TechSnap, you know, stands for the Systems Administrator Podcast Systems Network and Administration yeah, Podcast. Yeah, I thought that was very, very, very snappy. I like that. You like that? I yeah. like that a lot. Our actual, you want to know, honestly, our first, uh, well, it was my first concept. Alan kind of rejected it. But I even had some demo art done for a show called Tech Fap because it was going to be like we were going to be <laughs> very excited about technology and just cover all that kind of stuff. And then as the show kind of evolved, uh, that name was rejected. Tech Fap? <laughs> that would have been awesome. It's still a good name. I think, I think we should bring it back, man. Yeah. That's what I'm Maybe. saying. We've got a great show lined up for you guys. A lot of great things to talk about. Uh, but first story is our, going to be our top story. And our top story is going to be, oh, crap, I didn't have it queued up right. Here is our top story. Now, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, last week uh, T-Mobile announced that they are in talks with Metro PCS to merge together uh, to create themselves the fourth largest, largest mobile phone provider in the United States. Uh, that would be followed by Sprint, then AT&T, and then Verizon. In other words, nothing changed. <laughs> it's the smaller guys are getting <laughs> getting better. Uh, PCS stands for Personal Communication Service, I believe. Uh, that's I remember when Sprint used to be called Sprint PCS. Remember that? Yeah, that yeah. was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, is this a big deal? Is this really a big deal? I'll start off with Mister Mister John Bob first. John, okay. is this a big deal? T-Mobile and Metro PCS getting together, having kids? It's interesting because there's so much uh, stuff going on because, of course, everybody knows the failed merger between AT&T and T-Mobile. And, of course, Dutch Telecom has always been wanting to get rid of T-Mobile because, quite frankly, they just don't give a crap about T-Mobile. They, they want nothing to do with it. They don't want to support it. They just want to hand it off to somebody else because... They don't want anything to do with it. Uh, As far as Metro PCS, because this is a really interesting story. But if you actually read into it, this is more like a reverse reverse merger where when the two companies do finally combine, Metro PCS will actually run it. However, Dutch Telecom will still own 74% of that company with Metro PCS owning only about 26%. Right. It's it's like they're calling it a reverse merger and I think this the reason why they're doing this is to try to slowly pull themselves away from T-Mobile USA because of the failed, you know, AT&T merger. They've been really wanting to find an exit strategy and they're like, "Hmm, if we get in bed with Met, uh, with Metro PCS, maybe we can make that happen." Now, there's a lot of what-ifs and a lot of people out there are like, what's going to happen? Both providers use different technology. Uh, Metro Mm -hmm. uh, PCS uses uh, CDMA. T-Mobile uses GSM. um, And a lot of the talks are, well, it doesn't matter because they're both going to be using the same 4G technologies. Now, Mr. Chris... It's the uh, AWS spectrum that they have. So, Chris, uh, what what do you think about the uh, the whole uh, merger swap here? Obviously, this is T-Mobile trying to remain 
a good value competitor to the other big wireless providers out there. Is this a good move? Well, I think it uh, it probably is tough to say if it's a good move or not. It seems like maybe one of their limited options. T-Mobile uh, has is down in value considerably than from when they were going to be bought out by AT and T. So that means that you know that they they're struggling still. They haven't they haven't really recovered and they're continuing to decline. So they have to do something. The other problem they're facing is their network is now just considered by most all to be the slowest and also generally the poorest in terms of coverage. The problem is Metro PCS isn't that fantastic either. Two separate technologies. They say that doesn't matter. That sounds like something people say when they don't actually mean it. It fundamentally matters because none of their existing engineers are certified or trained in any of that existing technology. So they're going to have a right down, split down the middle, always division between the two. And, and they haven't even finalized any migration plans to a final 4G rollout. So how can they say it doesn't matter? We're all going to use the same 4G technology when they haven't even identified what that future 4G technology is going to be for them. We know it's LTE, but that doesn't actually mean just LTE. There's LTE on different bands, and the AT&T's on some bands, and Verizon's on different bands where is t-mobile going to fit in with that all of that and uh will they be able to get the coverage i i, I don't see how this helps them with those fundamental problems it doesn't <laughs> so, so in order for this deal to become true and final there's a few things that need to occur first off the deal needs to be approved by shareholders and regulators in the united states need to approve the deal now remember when t-mobile tried to merge with at&t it got shut down by the government mm-hmm do you think that's going to happen this time around? I, personally, for me, I don't think it will because the difference here is they don't want the big two players, AT&T and Verizon, gobbling up competition. Yeah. However, the smaller guys, they kind of they kind of need to get together to help compete against the big names. So I think there's really no reason why they wouldn't be approved. But uh, you know, John, uh, do you do you think that uh, I'm I'm talking to Kessler here? Okay. Now you're a Sprint customer. Yes. Now, when you see these other competitors getting together, I mean, Sprint's still in number three position. I mean, what do you think? Sprint's just fine at number three right there. They're not too big. They're not the top dog. They're not getting, you know, picked on. Well, you, did you hear that Sprint was even possibly considering a counteroffer to get in, get involved with this? Because originally, back in the day, back in the day, in what, six months or a year, Dan Hesse, CEO of Sprint, was actually saying, hey, we would love to get Metro PCS. Now, those are two networks that are compatible with each other. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, obviously they didn't jump on it. There must have been some well, reason the Well, board, the board, and they shot them down. They said, no, 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 no. You've already made a mistake with Nextel. We, we don't <laughs> want to make the mistake again. But, yeah. so, uh, do you guys think uh, this will finally bring the iPhone officially to no. uh, T-Mobile? No? No. no? no. Why not? No, I mean, realistically, it, this whole thing is not really going to happen until at least 2015, they said, um, because they had to slowly start moving over the customers from Metro PCS over to the uh, 3G and GSM network that T-Mobile has, which will free up the spectrum that Metro PCS has, where they can actually reform it over to the LTE spectrum that they want to use. Okay. So it's going to take at least two years for them to start doing this. So before we even see anything, it's going to be probably around 2015, which is a real shame because neither because Metro PCS has some LTE stuff, but because they're now merging with T-Mobile, it's all basically going to get refarmed, and T-Mobile doesn't have any LTE right now. They just have HSPA Plus, right. which is not LTE. While it might be comparable in some areas, it's still going to take so long for them to finally catch up that they're still going to be playing catch what? up Wait. when Sprint and Verizon already have 
uh, markets for LTE. Wait a minute, John. John, wait a minute now. I have a, an iPhone here from AT&T, an iPhone 4S, and it says 4G right on my phone. What are you talking about they don't have 4G? It says it says right here, 4G. Right, right there. 4G. It's, it's, it's 4, 4G. 4G. It's 4G. <laughs> 4G. Because it's, it's, it's what they, G, man. They, they could, marketing terms dictate that you can actually say um, HSPA Plus is 4G, even though it really is not necessarily LTE. Okay. All it's right. really confusing that they do that because I don't think that most people actually know the difference. Even though it says 4G, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have L an LTE connection. Right. Let's talk a little bit about Foxconn. And they're having a dispute right now. The workers are having a dispute in their China factory. Uh, this is, in case you guys didn't know, Foxconn makes uh, Apple devices like the iPhone 5. No. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Foxconn has confirmed that there have been two disputes between employees occurred at one of its factories in China. Now, they're saying that this isn't causing any issues now, Foxconn is also the company that has put up anti-suicide nets around its factory <laughs> and other other major things. Uh, Chris Fisher, is this a major deal here? Uh, does it matter? I mean, obviously, people are still buying the iPhones. People are still buying their iPads. Does it matter? Well, so uh, reports vary from anywhere from 40 people to 2,000 to 4,000 people that are, uh, that are protesting. Yep. Here's what I think is funny. Is Foxconn, you know, all the headlines uh, always say Apple, right? You're right. But it, Foxconn is the number one manufacturer for HP. They make tons of parts for Dell. They make almost all of the laptops for Sony, right? They make, uh, they, they make parts for the Kindle. I mean, come on. I mean, Foxconn makes things for everybody. I think this is a brilliant marketing scheme by Apple. Oh, you think this is a marketing thing? Uh, it's got to be, right? Because oh. what are they protesting How? over? What are they protesting over? Uh, bad conditions. Did you not read the article? No, I'm asking you guys. What are they protesting over? I'm asking to see if you know. Well, I know. <laughs> what well, is it? It's, what is it? What's the reason? Go ahead, I John. Think that's, I think that's the whole sales pitch right there. Because now, because the, the pitch of this whole story is all of these people took a, took a walk because the quality control conditions were too stringent for the iPhone 5. <laughs> They're making it too perfect. They're making the iPhone 5 so perfect that it's hard, so they're striking because it's such an amazing, perfect piece of equipment. Well, I think that's in, what the marketing is, In, in response to um, the scratches that people received on their iPhone 5. So Apple said, yeah, yeah. all right, well, now you need to have more quality control. Wait a minute. We're but only going to allow a .002 millimeter uh, defect in these well, devices. They, they, they say they can't see with their own eyes. That's, that's humanly imperceptible imperceptible didn't didn't apple say though that the scratching on the back of the iphones 5s was normal this was a normal thing because of the aluminum you know it's it, supposed to be there it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so a feature it's, it's a feature it's a feature it's a it helps you grip it better <laughs> um i really yeah. though i mean why is this being reported i mean i so here's what i think i mean you're right though i'm sure this is probably what happened is apple got all pissy about the scratches and they made a big deal about the qualities in the in the video that had johnny talking about what an amazing piece of equipment is, and we, we have cameras that take pictures of 700 bucks and match it <laughs> with the best. Hey, I believed that but, video. I saw that video, and I believed them. True, right? But That's you probably know, the problem. But you better get yours now because quantities may be limited. That's true. Well, That's it was already pushed back to three to four weeks if you order yeah. on their website. Chinese so. manufacturing in general could use a quality bump up. 
And I'm not saying and, and, and here's the other story. And here's the other reason why I think this is a marketing pitch. Because they're striking, right? So it's people take standing up, it's like they're unionizing. They're striking they're because they can't kill themselves. That's the problem, right? Well that well, no, that's the difference. Better so conditions, human rights. Suicide to now they just strike and they have so it's almost sounding like they're standing up for themselves they have workers rights they have freedom of choice independence they're standing up against the man they're they're organizing i all of these subtexts to me actually indicate progress but See, that's uh, apple wait, they're, progress, they're, they're pro- for the little guy well i mean yeah apple's coming to the defense of foxconn saying that they have you know good working conditions and they don't do uh, underage labor and all that anymore Anymore. <laughs> All they need to do is start a reality TV show now. What would you call it? The Real Workers of Foxconn. The Real Workers of Foxconn. <laughs> oh, man. Now, this is not a gaming story, so we haven't moved on to gaming topics yet, so we're getting close to. But uh, to coincide with the launch of Windows 8, now they're saying this is not connected, but on the same day the Windows 8 is released to general audiences around the world... Xbox Music will be launching on October 26. It's uh, going to be kind of like a Spotify competitor in a way. It's going to be free ad-supported streaming. You'll be thumbing it up and thumbing it down depending on the music. Oh, yeah, like Zoom Music Pass. <laughs> so it's not Well, Zoom Music Pass you had to pay for, though, right? I mean, it wasn't free. Zoom, Zoom Music Pass you had to pay for it. It was like yeah. 15 bucks a month. But you got like 10 songs, um, <laughs> which was really nice. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Why is Microsoft doing this? I mean, there are other providers out there that provide great music services: Pandora, Spotify, Audio, Audio, Winamp. Yeah, Shoutcast. Shoutcast. There's other services like TuneIn. Why is Microsoft getting involved with this? Is this their way to try to keep the music ecosystem and Zune and everything all together? It's all connected. Man, John, you're 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 zany today. Thank you. Why why are they keeping this, Chris? Why why are oh, they doing this? Chase, this if you could answer this question, you would solve one of the fundamental questions I've always had about Microsoft. It's like they see somebody else in the market and yeah. they just have to do it. And the crazy thing about Microsoft is they can just iterate, iterate, iterate over a period of years and years and years. But here's where we're at. But you guys remember Microsoft launching a music service, a streaming music service with MTV like years ago? Right? Was that real player? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they had some sort of. They had. Uh, it started with a U. They had like this whole special music service. Uh, they they, oh, they did God, it together with no. MTV. That died. Right. Then they launched the Windows Media Store that had streaming stations in it. That's nowhere to be found. Now they've launched the Zune Music Pass. That's I guess a thing still. I don't know how it integrates with Xbox and, and Windows 8 anymore. And now they have Xbox Music. Now. Okay. I mean, see, the thing is, we forget, as I think more of desktop users, is that the Xbox is an entire ecosystem unto itself, right? It has... It is. It has, and now they're trying to integrate it with Windows 8 and Windows Phone. Right. So you can launch something just on the Xbox and have it be successful. And, and, and if it ties in with Windows Phone, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to have your own. I guess they want to have something they can provide, but I think it's kind of silly. Better come free with the Gold Pass. You know, that's yeah. a great point. Wow, John, congratulations. Point of the show. <laughs> no, I'm, that's point a great point. I mean, I, I know Joe's, uh, I think Joe's watching the show right now. And that's one of the things that Joe, you know, he's like, he doesn't pay for Xbox Live Gold, you know, because what do you get when you pay that $60 when you get these services free with any other platform? Like, why do you have to pay $60 to have Netflix on your Xbox when you can just use something else? 
and get Netflix with your paid subscription. Why doesn't Xbox offer this as a free perk? If you have an Xbox Live Gold, you get uh, Xbox uh, streaming music for free. But how do you get people to move away from what they love? I mean, you got people out there who loves who love Pandora. You got people who love Spotify. I mean, John Bub, what do you do? You use any streaming music service at all? I use Pandora from time to time. But that is my question too: is um, that they have? Excuse me for a moment. Sorry about that. John is not I, sitting I at a kitchen table. A frog in my throat. John is um, sitting at a desk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I see the chat. Yeah. It's the fact that there's already established music stores out there, such as uh, uh, iTunes, which is huge. Everybody has iTunes already. Even if you're a Windows user or an Android user, you've probably used iTunes. And for those people that do have iTunes accounts and have used it extensively, what do they do? Right. If you're already set up with the iTunes ecosystem, then why would you want to move away to exactly. Windows? Yeah. Even if they have this SkyDrive integration, you already have all this stuff purchased in iTunes. Well, maybe it's because of the fact that you know with Windows 8 and then the integration on the phone side of things, you have your music everywhere because this music service is also coinciding with the Microsoft SkyDrive. So you'll have your music stored on the SkyDrive and then you'll be able to listen to your music on your Xbox and on your phone all through this one service, all everything all together. But that I think still just, doesn't dismiss the fact that if you already have everything set up with iTunes, you've already purchased probably $300 worth of music in iTunes. What do you do? Well, I don't think they're going after the iTunes customer. So this is... Uh, well, are you talking about old iTunes purchase music or new stuff? Because the new stuff is all DRM-free now. So mm-hmm. you can pull that into your Windows Phone yeah. or whatever, a, and it's no yeah, big this deal. Is exactly. This is this is this is more about Windows Phone and and Xbox 360 than it really is about the desktop. And desktop users, and iPod, iPhone, iPad, and I, I I don't think those customers are who Microsoft's aiming this at. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Windows 8 because this is going to be launching with Windows 8 here in a in a few weeks on October 26th, and. As Microsoft is gearing up for Windows 8, they are tweaking some of their applications that they have made uh, for in, in in time for the release. So, like I mentioned, they are tweaking SkyDrive. You know, users are going to be able to hook in the mail application, calendar, Bing, news, sports. They were actually asking people if there were any apps that they wanted to include, and a lot of people were. Now, this was prompted and pushed by. Uh, Todd Cochran of Blueberry and many, many other major partners out there trying to get a podcast app on Windows 8. Because right now, there is no official podcasting support for anything like that or internet broadcasting or anything like that. Yeah, they've always been, Microsoft's always been really slow to adopt podcasting. They don't really feature it well in many of. Well, they did on, at least they do in the Zune software, and they do on the Zune. I could site. actually even uh, the the podcast directory is good in the Zune software, but even putting it a little more up in front in Zune would have been nice. Do you think the reason why they don't support podcasting really, like really push it, is because the whole word podcasting and it makes Maybe. people think of iPods and Apple, and that's and, they, that's and it's it's not really a community that uh, embraces Microsoft a lot all the time. Although there's plenty of shows that do. Oh yeah. I know. Wait, are we having another podcasting versus what do we call it discussion? No, no. I mean, <laughs> it's more along the lines of is that the reason why Microsoft doesn't have a major push or support and have a podcast app? I mean, a lot of people listen to podcasts. A lot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a huge audience out there. 
Why doesn't Microsoft do embrace them they, a little bit? I, I do think they kind of need to do this. So I, I don't necessarily agree that they're doing this, but I do see that they kind of need to do this. And with their grand scheme of Windows 8 now, they, they need to have all this stuff together. Right. Yes. Yes, that's true. You guys have any opinions about Windows 8 at all in a couple of weeks? Uh, are you going to be using it, oh, Mr. John? Oh, we have John? plenty of opinions here. <laughs> well... Are you going to be? I mean, eventually you won't be able to get Windows Seven. It's only going to be Windows Eight. Are you? No, they'll, they'll extend support for another five years. <laughs> You're not. I think with Windows XP. Yeah. I've been running it on. Uh, I've loaded about on seven or eight systems. One of my own, doing testing for a client who has a software that runs on Windows. And uh, you know, I, I've had I've had about a dozen users sit down to do uh, uh, software validating and. Uh, Man, do they get lost in that Metro UI? It's it's a just a it's a whole one eighty spin for them. They have just no idea how to use it. Yeah. Uh, so that well, that's said, because though, you're using it on a non non touch interface. Well, right. You mean like ninety nine point nine percent of all corporate desktop installations right. out there? I mean, that's yeah, what that's, they're that's I mean, what people can, are going to be deploying. You know, on. if you use that on on a tablet, I can see you know yeah. it might make yeah. more sense because just the way your mind works when you're holding a tablet that's completely touch is completely different than the way you use something that actually has a keyboard and a mouse. Yeah. That said, though, you know, once you drop out of the Metro UI and get down to classic Windows, it kind of just looks like Windows 7 without a start menu. Um, it's the fastest performing release of Windows I've ever used. Um, and, like, you know, on an SSD, uh, it it boots so fast that... You think that like the screen's flashing from the BIOS to like the starting window screen, and it's actually flashing from the BIOS to the login screen. And I mean, it's like it's almost like they've just cut out the whole boot process. And then you, uh, but then the stupid part is you have to click to swipe the screen up because it's like a full screen lock screen now. Um, <laughs> and then when you get in, it takes you full screen Metro immediately. It doesn't bring you to the desktop at all. And then you have to jump out to the desktop. And things can get weird for users because there's multiple versions of Internet Explorer. There's Desktop Internet Explorer, and then there's Metro Internet Explorer. And they have different capabilities, so they don't do the same things like watch Netflix and things like that. So it gets, it's very confusing for end users. But for regular users, there's already third-party start menus out there like Start 8 from the Stardock people. You load that on there, it'll even disable the Metro starting at login, which takes a little bit of hackery. And uh, it's not so bad. I just don't know why there's no compelling switch from Windows 7 unless you have to have every millisecond of performance increase. I, I just don't see it. A little bit later on in the show, we'll talk about gaming performance with Windows 8 because a lot of people have already done tests with oh, it. Oh, really? That'd yeah. be interesting. Because, yeah. you know, I'm talking, I'm not talking gaming at all. I'm talking like, uh, you know, uh, the Explorer UI interface and like the launch, at, launch yeah. times for applications. Actually I have not actually it. played any games, yeah. Hey, John Kessler, a are you going to install Windows 8 on your touch screen laptop there? Negative. Why not? It'd be perfect for your electronics. Negative. Why? Just fine as it is. <laughs> Why do you keep moving your mic back and forth? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, you should, man. You get a perfect <laughs> no. touch screen interface. It's perfect. <laughs> nah. No. Nah. It'll actually work right for you. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. Actually, the uh, it'd probably just die, huh? Probably <laughs> yes. couldn't even handle it. That All would right. be interesting to see how Windows 8 actually does on older devices that it necessarily wasn't meant to be on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John, we mm -hmm. should totally do that. Mm -hmm. We should give it a try. Mm -mm. No? Actually, I, do. I think I, I have another hard drive for this. We should, Dude, we need to do it live. <sighs> we need to install Windows 8 live on the Electronics Squeezer fail. and let's see if it fails. So Do it from a thumb drive. It goes a lot faster. Uh, there you go, John. John does have one USB port on the yeah. laptop. 
seriously, it's just he just has one. One. That's kind of that'd be that'd be that'd be an edge case. <laughs> that'd be a, definitely an edge case. Man, this this laptop could kill people. <laughs> our last our last geek story, which I forgot to bring up when we were talking about AT and T and cell phones and T Mobile. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, starting uh, today. They are cance- uh, They are trimming down their return and service cancellation period from 30 days to 14 days. <gasps> All right. I know, Chris, yeah. probably a non-story. A lot of people like to bash AT&T, but they're <laughs> one of the last companies to actually do this. I, I don't like it. You don't like it. Why not? Are you trying to take well, back I'm- your iPhone? No, but you know it. It, it would it, it, exactly if I got if I went and got some something new and I had buyer's remorse after a few days. It's just you know to be fair, fourteen days is kind of enough time to know if you have signal at your house or something like that. So, uh, mm. I, I I'm on the mm. fence. I prefer thirty days as a customer service thing, but well, you but, know what? Probably part of it is is some of the uh, smartphone hardware vendors won't accept it after that period either for returns. Well, what what's going to happen here is everything's going to be 14 days except for California because they have a law in California that makes it 30 days for all product Fancy returns. Fancy California. Yeah. No. What's up, John? You're going to say Nothing. something? Nothing. Okay. No. All right. Hey, let's move on to some gaming topics, shall we? Can we? Do you guys know who Kevin Butler is? No. Kevin Butler was the guy. I should have had a... Man, you know what? I should I should pull that up right now. Kevin Butler is a gentleman he's an actor and he did the sony ads for uh you know he was the fictitious president vice president of research did you guys you guys yeah, know yeah. These ads? oh yeah oh yeah i know what you're all right about. let me let me let me see if i can find one here Kevin. these are like the he's like the funny straight 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 guy kind of jokey guy yeah and he was yeah. doing a whole bunch of uh playstation 3 commercial uh Hi, commercials. i'm sony guy and i'm telling you about something in this sony guy voice right right so like uh, he, here here's a commercial from from kevin butler for everyone Dear PlayStation, my kids never want to hang out with me, but wait till they see this. Yeah, not to be Buzzkill McGee here, but a better way to spend time with Kyle, Abby, and your lovely wife Jenny is to buy them a PS3. With Blu-ray movies and games like Little Big Planet, it's fun for the whole family. And way less, you know, lethal. Jenny, how did you... Ooh, Scraps likes you. <laughs> All right, so anyway, that's that's the guy. That's That's Kevin Butler. He did a whole bunch of those commercials i was gonna crap on it until i had that dog looking around the neck at the end that's funny <laughs> did so he also do some from, geico commercials uh yeah he did geico commercials as well yeah, he, yeah he's done a lot of different things yeah so anyway jerry lambert that's the guy's real name <laughs> kevin butler was the fictional name oh i like kevin butler a lot better he's being sued by sony over breach of contract so he was in a commercial a bridgestone tires commercial where he can be seen playing a Wii and, do, oh, and doing an overacting style, kind of like he did in the Sony commercials. So Sony, um, now since the commercial was aired, uh, the he was edited out of these ads, but it didn't matter. Sony went ahead and started the lawsuit anyway. And this is what they said, quote, we've invested significant resources in bringing Kevin Butler character to life, and he's become an iconic personality directly associated with PlayStation products over the years. The use of Kevin Butler character to sell products other than those from PlayStation misappropriates Sony's intellectual property, creates confusion in the market, and causes damages to Sony. So there you go. 
Man, could you imagine if Apple was doing this, how, how nuts the press would be going with this one? Well, the press is kind of going nuts with this. We're, we're talking so, about it. Oh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> nobody, nobody goes nuts like when it's an Apple story. Now, see, if Steve Jobs was still in charge, this never would have happened in the first place. Oh, I just really? wanted to put that in there. I just, I just thought that felt like that should go in there. Oh, okay. So this is silly. So what this is is there's kind of like this code as an actor. Like if you become the product pusher for a company, you really are supposed to commit to that. And you're not like, like – so uh, what's his name? The guy that does dirty jobs, Mike Rowe, Mike right? Rowe. If you saw him in a Chevy commercial, you'd get in a lot of trouble from Ford. Yeah, but a right? lot of these, there's a lot of non-compete clauses in these contracts, and I bet you there was one in his contract that he signed or yeah, his agent signed. Yeah, I know, signed. but I'm saying there's bro code too. There's actual bro, bro code. code. That's true. There is. There's yeah. a bro code about this kind of stuff. So I mean, yeah, he broke bro code. I mean, but Sony's being a bunch of jerks too. But yeah. what it all comes down to is the guy's got to make money, right? This guy's probably rich, right? Well, you know that's what he makes still has harder. to earn a living. Yeah, I mean he's got to keep it good for this guy. He's got to yeah. keep high standards for his his living to pay for now, all of his PlayStation equipment. If he could get in on a 360 commercial, he'd have he'd have all his bases covered. This he, guy could be getting Wii money, PS3 money, and 360 money. This guy's smart. He would have the trifecta. The trifecta of consoles. I'm white. I could wear a tie and a jacket. Oh, like oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what do I got to do to that, get that gig? That'd be great. Uh, you got to shave the beard. Actually be an actor. Oh. <laughs> I'm on the internet. Oh, hey, if you're on the internet, oh, yeah, you're like halfway there. Counts. Yeah, okay, That's okay. true. Maybe I'll just keep putting my vibe out there. And see all right, so, there. so we're all guys. Right, John? Yeah. Speak and John? Yourself. Yeah. Both John say yes. 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 And Chris is in agreement. No, no. comment. All right. No comment. <laughs> According to Nielsen, which is a company that I'm very familiar with. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. All right. Well, they, they do TV ratings and stuff. Basically, they did a study, and they found that women watch more TV than men. However, when there's a console involved, it actually makes men watch more video and television specifically women between the ages of 18 and 34 watch an average of four hours and 11 minutes of tv per day whereas men in the same age bracket three hours and 50 uh, 34 minutes however console usage is up with men watching tv through consoles and you know so they're finding that if a home has a console they're watching more television as opposed to a home that does not have a console does this mean anything other than we need to get out more? Chris Fisher. I agree with Chase. Uh, I think four hours is, is a little it's a little depressing. Yeah. Um, if you think about the amount of uh, human time that could be spent doing something else. But uh, I, this, to me, does make sense because the console is like a toy. It's a gadget. It's something you spent money on. And the guys... We, we not that we bond with it, but we like if we've bought something and it does these features, we're more inclined to use it. Right. What do you think, Mr. John Bub? Well, let's face the facts here. This is a gender issue. The fact that <laughs> I mean, look. I like how you said that, game. by the way. This is a, a gender, gender issue. issue. Let's go to John Bub to talk about this gender issue. John, what is in your report? I'm not. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything here, but let's face the fact here. All right, oh, stop. Hold box. on. Stop. <laughs> Whenever you say something that says "I'm not trying to be sexist," the next sentence that comes out of your mouth will be <laughs> sexist. So go ahead and continue. Hey, I prefaced it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go no, ahead, like, Mr. Sexist. It's, it's an Xbox. Women generally aren't gamers. I mean, the race. Oh, God. God. Oh. Depend the women that, that play games. Uh, That's all I'm saying. I'm uh. stating a fact here. So if you think about it that way, it, it doesn't really surprise me the fact that uh, more men are going to be more inclined I, to use I can't Xbox. believe you just went there. Really? You just Whatever. went there? I mean, hey, I'm going to facts. Well, let me see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Facts? Yeah. Facts. You better uh, check your facts, there. man. If you look at the chart on the article that I just you know talked to you guys about, women is still beating men with TV viewing with console usage as well. Women game just as much as men. They may not game the same the same games as men do, but they do game. Uh, we've done we've done stories on this show talking about women. Uh, they're huge in social games on computers, for example, than than guys are. Granted, yeah, we're big first person shooters and all that fun jazz, but a lot of women play word games and games with friends online and things like that, Scrabble and other things so, like that. So what you're saying is that. Social games have just replaced uh, women going out and playing bridge. It's still games. It's still gaming. It's still <laughs> gaming. I mean, hell, I know that, like, great example, Chris's wife is a huge gamer. She plays Minecraft. She's mm -hmm. very she's big into a, that. She's probably playing it right now. Yeah, probably. My wife's big in the Torchlight, too. Um, I was going to John does not have yeah. a wife. <laughs> does uh, Are you married, John? Bob? No. Oh, okay. So, all right, so, John. Thank uh, goodness. Oh, <laughs> Yes. No, no, but uh, <laughs> but but guys are watching less TV than women. But when it comes to bringing in with consoles, they're watching TV more. I would be curious to see what these stats are for the internet, for the interwebs. Yeah, like uh, do, do guys spend more time online? Do the ladies spend more time online? Or is it all a wash? You know, I I kind of look at this stuff and I think it seems more like uh, it's sort of self-selective in the sense that if a household has a console, it probably is whoever is the proponent of that console is more likely to use it more, yeah. I would think. Yeah. So if the you woman know, brought the, the console in, then she's going to be more inclined to want to use it. You know, it's interesting when I... Excuse me for a minute. Uh, I was clearing my, clearing my sinuses. Um, when I first met my, my wife, um, she did not have a console. She didn't own one. And she I, I invited her over to my house, and we were playing games. We were playing Halo on my Xbox. Naked Halo. Naked Halo. Yeah. It was really, really. Actually, it was called Hot Halo. It's kind of like, you know, hot yoga. Uh, but anyway, so we were playing Halo, and she liked it so much that she went and purchased a th uh, an Xbox so she could have Halo, so she could play it. And this is when, you know, the Xbox was still being uh, sold with those big, huge boomerang controllers. You know those huge ones. Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, the women are out there that that game, and they they have their own games that they like. I mean, for example, like Farmville and Crimeville and all these vills like Zynga. I don't know if you guys saw this story, but Zynga Segway. is huge. They're in. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> don't have to be completely obvious, uh, but. <laughs> But talking about Zynga, they're in trouble right now. Their revenue is down 14% in the six, first six months of 2012. The women are The playing. women are not playing Zynga. <laughs> they, they saw that article well, and said, oh, we're done. Well, now who's going there? What's that? Now who's going there? John's going there. John? They saw the Nielsen ratings and said, oh, we're done. No. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I mean, come on. Let's, be, let's just face the facts. We want to talk about facts. We'll talk about facts. Zynga games suck. Well, Zynga games, it, it, it's it's the um, it's the drug user um, 
It's the gateway. They're built around a model that sees the drug user so, model. Here's what happened, right? Is Facebook had to change the way the timeline works because people are getting all pissed off about the spam. So now they put all the little crap up in the sidebar, which nobody notices. Right. And so now people aren't getting the they're not getting the viral spam all the time. So the games aren't aren't spreading like crazy. Right. And uh, Bob's your uncle. They're not making money. Well, not only that. But you know how if you want to build up your farm, you have to buy Zynga coins or whatever, you know? And a lot of people are like, dude, why am I wasting money on something that doesn't really matter? This is a fictionist farm on the interwebs. Well, why does this matter? I should actually take that money and build a farm in my backyard. Uh, no, I disagree. I think, the, uh, I think our monkey brains respond pretty well to that kind of stimulus and and reward system and social stuff i just think it hasn't been done quite right i think what these were were the prototype systems uh and then somebody who's really gonna really milk us will come along and it'll really be devastating to a lot of families this is this yeah you might as well spend your money on like things like wow yeah or or, or eve, <laughs> eve right yeah. yeah yeah now this this is my fault this is this is my fault because i don't accept any of those game requests from any of my facebook friends right I don't I don't play any games on Facebook at all. I came really close to playing You Don't Know Jack once. I almost clicked the start button. But you ever realize what kind of information these guys want about you before you can accept to play their app? They want to know everything about you. They Maybe. want to be your friend. Uh, no, no, well, they want to be my friend and your friend and your friends of your friends. My problem is I'm not I don't I don't need to game socially. Like if I want to if I want to play uh, Torchlight or something like that. I don't need to tell everybody that I'm doing it. I probably just want to chill out by myself and play a video game. That's and true. So there's there's this whole component. Like there are some games that I'll just opt not to play because I just don't feel like being social at the time. And the games, so many games these days integrate uh, chat that you know you end up having to chat with people just by log in. Sotor comes to mind. Star Trek Online comes to mind. Minecraft comes to mind. Diablo comes to mind. Borderlands Two comes to mind. All these games you end up having to chat if you sign in online. And I don't even want to do that. So why would I be wanting to? Why would I want to post about my carrots on Facebook? None of these Way have ever to appealed manly. to me. And I, I think the part of the problem is, is just there's a huge portion of the population that uses gaming to relax and and to kill time, and they're and they're not trying to be a, a, a part of a social network. And and so these things are fading away, and they'll still be around. They're not going to like yeah. these headlines that say Zynga's dead or that's well. That's exactly well, Wall Street is saying that because of Zynga's woes, it's pulling down Facebook stock. I mean, Facebook stock is is down as, as of as of last close. They're at twenty one dollars a share or twenty ninety one a share. Um, and if Zynga doesn't improve, that's going to pull down Facebook because if there's no Zynga, people have reasons to go to Facebook. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that could uh, be true. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is silly. Really? How so? I don't know. I just see Zynga as one of those companies that's kind of like MySpace where, you know, there's a time for them. And then eventually their time passes. They're, Everybody moves on to the next big thing or whatever it is that's harsh. relevant at that time. It's it's a, a leech that's attached itself to Facebook and just sucking off the... Well, Zynga's eventually gotten full and now it's going to uh, remove itself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know. You know what else part of the problem Procreate. is? I wonder if a lot of the casual gaming, because that's what this all is, casual stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, moved to mobile, right? Well, Zynga's moved to mobile, but not a lot of people's moved with not Zynga so, to not mobile. Not so good, though. And no. so the problem with mobile is there isn't a unified... See, the nice thing about Facebook is there's this one centralized contact management system, one centralized group mechanism, one centralized payment system, 
where iPhone and stuff gets close, Android has their own stuff, and they're all, but they're all separate, individualized. It's spread out. It's not the same. Yeah. Whereas everybody's got Facebook. That's true. Nope. A couple well, more. And yet they still stay. They're still slipping. Yep. So. Oh, I think yeah. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna right. They're gonna shrink back to where they should be. It's just that they were too bigger than they should have been. Maybe. All right. Now maybe instead of having a social game on Facebook, what you need are bigger breasts. Yes. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Video gamers demanding bigger breasts in their video game characters. Chase already has bigger breasts. <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Unlocked. Achievement unlocked. What's funny is the comic <laughs> I'm reading right now actually has Captain Kirkman boobs on. Of course, you can't see it. So Japanese it's... video game studio Team Ninja, maker of popular Dead or Alive. Team Ninja. Uh, basically, uh, a lot of people in their latest installment of their series, Dead or Alive 5, their characters, uh, per a review from GameSpot, has called their characters, quote, as full-figured as ever, apparently thanks to feedback from the gaming community. They got a lot of feedback, and the feedback was, we want bigger breasts, unquote. So there you go. Proof pudding that more guys want bigger breasts in their video game characters this than ever This sounds like a way to grab headlines for an otherwise unrecognizable game to me. This sounds like a PR agency decided to put this out there. Well, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, uh, well, you know. Then again, sex sells. Exactly. That's it. Yes. Sex sells. I mean, that, that's what it fundamentally always comes down to is sex sells. Hey, you know how we get people talking about our game? Tell oh. them about the boobs. Put them, put, hey, 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 you know what you got to do? What? What? Get Joe to write something about the boobs and send it off to Fox News. They'll put a thing up on their site about it because I love the stuff about video games. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this is. No, no. I think what it is is, you know, gamers want bigger breasts because they don't go outside. Well, I'm not see. saying that's not true, too. They, they don't go outside. And and so they want to have something good to look at on their HGTV, and this is the best way of doing it. <laughs> Why not just give me customized options like an MMO, you know? Well, the problem is... Slide the boob scaler. The problem then... is the boob scaler sliding <laughs> option doesn't go far enough to the right. That's the problem. You max out. Why are we talking? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of interesting, though, if you could actually change the character's bra size. Well, it's probably a chest size they call it. Like there's a chest what, slider. Whatever. I don't. I don't play these games that that have these large boobed characters. What games do you play then, John? I don't play any games. That's the problem. You need to play more games with big breasted <laughs> characters. That's I probably like do. Online. That's what you need to do. Yeah, hey, uh, Chase. I have <laughs> yeah. an email here from the people who make Minecraft, and they say one of the biggest pieces of feedback they've gotten is their players <laughs> need their characters in the game need bigger boobs. I mean, of course, every player is going to say that. that. This is. This is no, this no, is no. Their because podcasters my... need bigger <laughs> Man, now both Johns are banned from the show. Wow, man, two Johns down. <laughs> hey, um, we you pre-orders have pretty much sold out everywhere, and because of that, the gouging has begun online. Uh, they're going for about seven hundred and fifty dollars on eBay. Would you, if you had the cash? Would it be that important to buy a Wii for $750 online? I mean, just to be assured that you have one? Man, John. What What the hell are you doing over there? Did that come from my garage? Oh, yeah, it did. No, he was opening up a Pepsi throwback. 
How is that, by the way? Product placement. Product placement, indeed. How is that, John? Just ducky. All right, very good. Would you pay $750 for a console, Mr. Chris Fisher? Go. Uh, no. No, not probably not for any console, actually. Of course not for the Wii. And, uh, boy, I missed your skeptical pants tonight, but who's buying this, right? I mean, come on. Is Nintendo Someone just, is. Nintendo is like a 100-year-old company, and they still have not figured out manufacturing to scale that they can't keep up with pre-orders ever for any console they ever launch. They always sell out. Really? Really? How many could they Wait, be selling? Hey, hey, they better sue Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they, they make five million in phones in a weekend. Hey, but I, they sold out. I just glanced down at my phone. Uh, I don't usually look at my phone too much while we're doing a show, uh, just because, you know, we're doing a show. Um, but I, I glanced down at my phone, and I saw that uh, our good friend Joe sent me a text. And um, I don't know. I'm going to try to hold this up to the camera so you okay, guys can see right, that. Okay, okay. Do you guys see what I see there? Uh, what's he got there? I know you're on a little bit of a delay, uh, but on the right side of the picture is an iPhone 4S, and on the left, it appears to be an iPhone 5. Oh, okay, cool. So Where Joe is now part of the collective. Uh, Good going, so, Joe. Well, he was already a part of the collective. He just upgraded his his stock Chase, I, in the collective. Upgrade. <laughs> I wanted to toss it back to you, then. Would you spend 700 You're more of a console gamer. Would you spend $700 for a week? No, Maybe. hell no. <laughs> No freaking way. Don't lie. No. What? No. Hell no. <laughs> How can I be so abrupt on this? No. Hell no. No way. No how. I mean, I will be buying uh, a Wii U, sure. But I would not spend 750 especially when I'm going to buy another uh, pad, some games, you know, things like that. Why in the hell would I spend 750 Cheapskate. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait patiently. That's my goal. I will wait patiently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so this is mm-hmm. no different than than anybody else that has uh, a product that's up for pre-order and they have access to eBay. That's all there is to it. You see it with Apple. You see it with any other company that does pre-ordering. Now, granted, if I had a pre-order for a Wii U, do you, let me ask you guys this: If you had a pre-order for a Wii U guaranteed in your pocket, would you turn around and go to eBay with it? Chris, no. triple your money. Oh, probably not if I actually cared that much. See, the thing about the Wii U that I'm just surprised, it's just not even on my radar at all. I don't, I, I cared about, I kind of wanted a Wii. Uh, it's just, it's just not compelling to me. So I, if I was in the market though and had one, I'd probably hold on to it because I would, I would have it, right? Right. I would sell it. Right. All right. Well, there we go. There's our gaming mm. stories for the week. Okay. And we're going to move on now to something that we like to call our picks of the week. These are highlighting some things that we like here at Geek Gamer Weekly. These can be geeky or gaming related. And we're going to start off with one of our guests, Mr. Chris Fisher. You're going to be up first. What's your pick of the week? Chase, I wanted to uh, I wanted to pass along something to the folks if they are if they're ever having a bad gaming experience, I'm sure you have some Minecraft Me uh, audience members who watch this show, and maybe they have really laggy connections to the Minecraft server, or uh, you're, you're, you're on a Skype call and your video keeps dropping, or you're having lots of kinds of Skype issues, and you've done a speed test, and you've got good bandwidth, you know, maybe something pretty decent on speedtest.net, but you're still having problems, well, then I have another tool for you. It's the ICSI Netalyzer tool. And uh, it's over at uh, netalyzer.ics.berkeley.edu, but uh, probably just easier to find a link for it. Just okay. search for Netalyzer if you want. And what it is is a Java plugin that runs a bunch of 
network diagnosis and uh, diagnoses and it determines what can communicate in and out of your firewall it determines what kind of latency if you're if you're experiencing uh, types of packet loss on different routes to the internet it's a, it's a full-fledged uh, diagnostic service that takes place from your machine to their services online and uh, can give you like a by the way, your router is blocking this or it's dropping these connections and maybe this is why you're experiencing this uh, problem. And so it's a, it's a nice tool. And the other thing that's really great about it is you can pass it around to friends and say, well, run this if you're having problems and tell me what this says. And this combined with speed test, uh, you can get a pretty good picture of what somebody's internet connection looks like. All right, so what I'll, what I'll need to do is um, I can't show it right now because um, I just ran it. Chase, how could I work under these conditions? Well, I need to restart the browser for it oh, to, to work. And it needs Java. It needs Java. It needs Java. Java. But have you used it? I mean, have you oh, yeah. gotten oh, success, yeah. successes from oh, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really great for, uh, like, a lot of things like Xbox Live or Skype or uh, different programs require Skype. a universal plug-and-play, for example, to talk to your router. And uh, this will do diagnostics to tell you if your router supports universal plug-and-play and if it's able to open up ports for things like that. Uh, so I've I've used this for clients and I've used it just for friends that are, you know, now like always. What if you're having issues connection. with like bandwidth? Like, can you tell if your ISP is throttling throttling you at certain times? Uh, this won't necessarily tell you about that. Speedtest.net might be a little closer of a tool to do that, but. See, the problem is that ISPs, most of them can write to the tool, and they say, oh, well, they're using uh, this tool, which comes from these IPs, so we'll just make the benchmark look good for that. Or like in the case of Comcast, they have the burst mode, where it, it bursts just long enough for the speed test, and then after the speed test, it goes down. The bubble right. broke. This is more like testing latency and connection issues and, and things like that outside of bandwidth. Very, very cool. And how'd you find this? I mean, I, I mean this is such uh, an obscure know, I believe, URL. Uh, I believe Mr. Steve Gibson on the Security Now uh, podcast recommended it a couple of years ago, and I was I caught an episode of it, and uh, I've kept it in my toolbox ever since. Very cool. Well, thanks for the pick, Mr. Chris. Man, awesome stuff. John Kessler, uh-huh. what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was joking, I was going to say, I'm going to turn it into my anime pick of the week. John's <laughs> anime pick of the week, and, and this one, and this would actually go right in hand with the uh, gamers that uh, to uh, that prefer the uh, bigger boobs. <laughs> bigger boobs. Yeah, nine out of ten gamers approve of this 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 show. Um, it's called Total Eclipse. Um, the time frame that this is supposed to take care, you know, take place in here on Earth is 1973, and they're battling in a big invasion of extraterrestrials that are just hammering everything. Um, it is kind of a mech sci-fi. So it looks like it just launched back in July. Yep. And it's still ongoing. It's ongoing. Um, is it good? No, it's, it's terrible. That's why I pick it as a pick of the week. <laughs> I mean, no, is it really good? No, it's actually, yeah, it's pretty decent. Okay. Pretty decent. Um, you know, and it's 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 nice because the fact, at least watching it on, you know, uh, insert product placement, Crunchyroll, um, you know, that's actually coming out in 1080. Um, so, you know, the, the graphic quality is pretty good on the show. Okay, and it's got a pretty fairly decent storyline. I and you're probably gonna well, it's in the show notes, so it's gonna. If anybody wants to check it out, uh, I'll, I'll plink drop this into the uh, IRC chat for people. By the way, speaking of breasts, uh, my wife showed me hers. <laughs> <laughs> this show uh, <laughs> called High School of the Dead. Oh, I've seen that, and uh, I saw it for the first first episode yesterday for the first time. And uh, man, <laughs> I mean, it's very. Oh, let me Google this. Yeah, high you're, school you're, of the dead. it's high school of the, the dead. dead. Yeah, 
Actually, it's on Netflix. You can get it on Netflix. Yep, that one's on Netflix. Um, the uh, it's yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, there we go. There's John's pick of the week. Uh, John Bub, what's your pick of the week, man? Uh, my pick of the week is a application for Windows. It's called uh, Elpis. And Excuse it's, it's, you, man. <laughs> I know it's a funny sounding name, but it's a uh, native client for Pandora Radio on Windows. It's so cool. Because a lot of times, you know, I, I love Pandora, but I don't necessarily want to open up another browser window just for Pandora. I just want something that's a little bit more minimalistic, kind of small that I can just launch and leave it running in the background. I don't have to dedicate a window or a tab to it. And that's why I really like Elpis is because it's a whole native Pandora radio client for Windows. It oh. does practically everything that you can do with Pandora in this little client. Uh, you can view, sort, and select stations, uh, play, pause, and skip. You can uh, see the cover and artist for whatever song is playing. You can find information about that. You can thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, you can do everything that you want to do. You could edit your quick mix. Uh, it can automatically reconnect when your session times out, which is really cool. Because a lot of times if you're like listening in, in your browser, they'll say, are you still listening? And you have to click <laughs> yeah, the button that yeah. says yes, and that can be a little bit annoying. So this automatically clicks that button for you. You don't even have to see it. It just does it automatically for you. Um, and it'll, it'll automatically log in for you and bring up the last station that you're playing. So it's really cool. So all you do is you launch it. It'll start logging in, and then it'll load your favorite station or whatever station you were playing last. It's really cool. It's one of the best and I think the only Pandora client that's out there that you don't have to use your browser for. Do you get unlimited skips? Uh, I think you can get unlimited skips. Oh, so it even goes around the, the Pandora rules a little bit. Yes, uh, it does. I You don't even get ads with this. The, so uh, the, uh, the, the ads. Uh, um the other really nice thing about it is you don't have to have Flash at all on your computer, right? So I have a couple of computers I don't install Flash on anymore. And so uh, I, I, I have been using it for Pandora, Sans, Flash. It's very nice. Uh, there's a couple other ones out there. Pythos is available for Linux, P-I-T-H-O-S. And uh, Pian, or Piano Bar, I think, P-I-A-N-O Bar is available uh, for the Mac. And uh, we'll do it uh, outside of Pandora. Wouldn't that be Piano Bar? Yeah, I mean, and of course, the other great thing yeah. is that the uh, developer is always keeping track of any changes that happen with Pandora's, and he's very quick to update the client so that if there are any changes, if it is broken, it gets fixed pretty quickly. Very cool. Very cool. I've I've Gosh. been actually been looking for a, a Pandora client when I'm on the on the PC, and I I don't necessarily want to go to the website. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't. I just hate wasting a whole window or a tab. Just mm-hmm. to go to their website, I just want like a music player playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Wow, these are some. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I love these uh, these all these picks so far. They've been obscure things that you know that are very useful and very cool that a lot of us may not even know about. So so far, we're batting a thousand until now. Uh, my pick this week um, is a uh, website called Rafflecopter, and uh, this will link into the raffle that I will talk about here shortly. Uh, but Rafflecopter is a website. It's uh, R-A-F-F-L-E, copter.com. I'm not going to spell out the whole thing. Uh, but basically, this is a website that allows you, if you are someone who wants to have a, a raffle. So you, it'll help you create, run, and enter raffles for free. Um, and now, if you want to use their free part of it, that means you'll see their branding. It's free. However, if you want your own branding, like if you have your own website, for example, and you want your logos 
within their interface, then you have to pay for that. But I have found that their free solution works just fine for me. They do not collect any of your information other than to get you started, to send you, know, send you an email to get you started on your way. Now, I will show you how it works in real time with our raffle that we're holding right now. So if you head over to geekgamer.tv slash Roxio Raffle, and that's R-O-X-I-O Raffle, it'll bring you to this page that I'm going to bring up here right now. And we are giving away a Roxio GameCap HD Pro capture device. And so if you scroll down the page there, you'll notice that here is a Raffle Copter giveaway. And you have many different ways to earn yourself raffle entries. So for example, if you tweet about the giveaway, you get one entry. If you follow us on Twitter, you get another one. You subscribe to our channel on YouTube, you get two entries. If you uh, like the Roxio page on Facebook, you get two and so on and so forth. Now, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you will earn yourself five entries today. I'm gonna be giving out a secret password after the show and if you come back to the page here and you uh, type in that code word for tonight's show, you will earn yourself five entries. Granted, it's got to be the right word. And also, if you nominate us in the podcast awards, you'll get yourself 10 bonus entries. So really, there's many different ways. And the cool thing about it is there's a really cool and nice back, inter uh, back office interface, if you will. So you can check the entries, make sure people aren't spamming or using some sort of uh, automated system. You could toss out entries that are invalid. It's a really, really cool interface, and we've used it to give away the Wirecast stuff from our PAX coverage. So if you're a website developer and you're looking to give away something, Rafflecopter might be the answer for you. It plugs right into your website or into Facebook. If you're just on Facebook only, it works there too, rafflecopter.com. So yeah. Neat. Yes, it's very, very cool. It's very, very easy. So there we go. And that's our show for this week. Uh, we had a great show, a lot of a lot of breasts going on back and forth. That was the breast show ever. The breast show, show ever. ever. Yes. That might, oh. that, I think that might be the title. It's been some great memories on this one. Yes, been great memories. Mr. John Bubb, we can find you over at your website, amadeus.com, or you can follow we can follow you on Twitter at Suncast. And, uh, man, you need to update your site, man. You you haven't updated it since the end of uh, September. Yeah, no, it's been updated since then, has it? No. I don't. Well, I was out of town yesterday, so oh, okay. I haven't necessarily got around to it. So Yeah. Well, yeah, you can see um, the artist that's on there right now, Alex G. She's just got an amazing voice. Very, very cool. She sang something called 4 a.m. Yeah, she just put out her first original EP. It's all original songs. She's never done original songs before, and it's really cool to see an artist that's never done an EP or ever had original songs do something like that. Oh, very cool, man. It's like the beginning of the career, which is really cool to see the beginning of somebody's career. And you're, you're seeing it right in the beginning. Yep. <laughs> the beginning of someone's career. Hmm. Very nice. Hmm. And follow you on, on Twitter. we got to do that. At Suncast, S-U-N-K-A-S-T. And you, you, you tweet some interesting things, my friend. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I'm eating popcorn or something. It's like just really obscure tweets. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see my tweets about the uh, geek glasses? No, no. Oh, man. I was going off on a rant the other day about um, a TV show that I started watching, and it's just like, where do these geeks find the they, – they find the 
biggest, ugliest glasses in the world. And I don't even know where to get these kind of glasses anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I give up. Mr. Chris Fisher. We can follow you, Mr. Independent Entertainment On Demand, Mr. Chris Fisher. That'd be me. Over at JupiterBroadcasting.com and also following you on Twitter at Chris LAS. And uh, why don't you tell, tell the peoples out there who may not know of your brilliant website, what, what is Jupiter Broadcasting? Well, like you kind of alluded to, it's, uh, it's, in, it's independent entertainment on demand. We have several shows. In there. If you're interested in Linux, check out the Linux Action Show. Uh, even if you're a noob or an experienced user, it's, we've been going for nearly six years now. We just recorded episode 230 this weekend. Uh, if you're interested in development, check out Coda Radio. We talk about uh, all kinds of things from the business end of software development, like selling apps to uh, just the actual practical getting things done when you're doing software development. TechSnap, if you're uh, into uh, servers and setting up networking and setting up web servers, we talk about all that kind of stuff in TechSnap. Alan Jude joins me, and he's a college professor in computer technology. He also runs Scale Engine, which is a, a really cool online uh, Service these got heard of a ton them, of experience yeah. in her. Yeah, so we have a bunch of great shows. Faux show with my wife, and we often talk about Minecraft. I know some of your folks like Minecraft, and she has boobs. So if you like <laughs> Minecraft, <laughs> so it's, that That's might be a good cross a promo. Yeah, exactly. Cro I wait, so. cross promo for boobs or cross promo for Minecraft? I'm <laughs> I'm confused. Cross audience reach. People like Minecraft. They like boobs. So I I got something for him there. And I, I, uh, we, I think he's uh, trying to compliment his wife. We had. Uh, She's probably watching right now. So she, well. I mean, if she's watching, she'd probably be disappointed I didn't emphasize the size of her boobs enough. I'm <laughs> very proud of that fact. Uh, and uh, oh, also, yeah. see, this last week, it wasn't Minecraft, though. It was uh, earworms. We did an episode on, like, famous internet earworms that just get stuck in your head. Yeah. So that was an episode. Oh, yep, and she is in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> Man, talk about boobtastic. And also, last but certainly not least, we got Mr. John Kessler, fresh off his mountain trip in the North Cascades. How, how was that trip, Mr. John? Was it, how, how was it? I mean, really, could you see for miles? Was it a good? Yeah, actually we, um, the one the board, you know, they're, you're, they're showing uh, what mountain peaks are. Um, we can see Mount Baker from up there and they said it was like 58 miles away. Wow. That's really um, good. Boobs. Did you see any boobs up there? Any no. big peaks? <laughs> no, sorry guys. Just big valleys. Um, you got the pictures. Well, hey, you can't have good boobs without no, good valleys. valleys. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Um, but you got the pictures there, so you, yeah, you saw them. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them on the on the right machine to oh. show them off. Well, actually, uh, no, I don't, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, okay. maybe it's on the machine that has Netalizer. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Yeah, but John's not on Twitter or Facebook or anything. The only no. way you can get a hold of him is through this show. Through this show. During the chat. Yes, that's right. By the way, you can also uh, follow me on Twitter if you guys want to at Nunes N U N E S, and don't forget to follow. Geek Gamer Network on Twitter, which is at Geek Gamer TV. And if you do that and you want to enter our raffle, you'll earn yourself some entries. And for those who want to earn those bonus entries, stick around because after the show, I'll be giving you guys a super secret keyword that you can go back to the website and earn yourself your five bonus entries just for listening. And by the way, if you missed out on this live episode and you want to earn yourself five entries, we'll be doing one more live giveaway of entries on Thursday's edition of Minecraft Me with Joseph Falby. And no doubt, I'll be checking out his iPhone 5 through the webcast on that date. 
<laughs> awesome, great stuff. You guys, thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. We do this show every Sunday evening around 6 p.m. Pacific, unless John is coming down from a mountain. And then we'll wait about 15, 20 minutes as he drops off his friend. Uh, you can always find out our current schedule of everything that we do at geekgamer.tv slash calendar. And also want to say a big thank you and kind hello to everybody there at the GFQ Network. Guys from Queens, those guys do some awesome stuff. Uh, Paul Thorat this week in Radio Tech, What the Tech, a lot of tech names, uh, Tech News Weekly. Man, I didn't realize this, uh, John, but there's like three shows with tech in the title right there. Yeah. That's crazy. And don't forget the ball truth with Spencer Coburn. Yeah, something completely <laughs> different. And that's on Tuesdays, which is great. Um, so, no, but thank you guys for checking us out. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. Until we all talk again, we are all silent. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Joe. Joe's not here. No, Joe. No, Joe. What? No, Bob Saget. Uh, Pamela Anderson? Ha, 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 ha.